Welcome to The Lead, the Hartford's executive podcast series, where some of our company's most innovative and engaging leaders share their thoughts about leadership, career development, our company, and industry. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Lead. I'm your host, Paula Angelo, and I had internal and CEO communications at the Hartford. In this episode, we're picking up on my conversation with Amy Stepnowski, president of the Hartford Investment Management Company, also known as HIMCO. I really look forward to this conversation because you have such a fantastic story to tell. And I'd like to start at the very beginning of your professional journey and talk a little bit about what led you to decide you wanted a career in investment. So that's an interesting question. And really, there wasn't something as I was growing up or going through college that led me to say, I want to be an investor. In some regards, you could really look and say, I'm a bit of an accidental investor. In college, I studied political science and Spanish, and I also participated in sports. So the idea of finding a career where you could be involved in something that was very fast-paced and competitive, that looked at things on a global perspective and a cultural perspective, investing actually fits that bucket very well. Obviously, there's the finance overlay on that, and that was something that I didn't have exposure to going through college. But once I did get exposure to that, and the idea that every day you came in and learned something new, and it was a competition, because that is investing, you're always trying to beat um, the market or or beat a benchmark or just deliver the best possible results. It, it, it's something that just appealed to all of the um, areas of interest that I have. So you played Division One field hockey while you were in college, uh, as you mentioned, also pursuing a degree in political science and Spanish. So that was a pretty full plate. How did your experience as a student athlete shape your professional style and also your leadership style? I think from a leadership style, as a member of a team, you have a coach and you are exposed to different leadership styles. And so you have the benefit of seeing what works and what doesn't. And that certainly is something that I do think has influenced me. Like most athletes, you've had really great coaches and then you've had some others that there may be some areas of opportunity, shall we say. And I think from that perspective, I learned pretty early on that direct communication was important, that listening was important, that being empathetic was important and building a community and a collaborative uh, way of working together was critical to achieving the goals that you wanted. So from that perspective, I do think really impactful around the way I thought about leadership early on. Tell us a little bit about your very first job and are there any lessons from that experience that you carry into your work today? So coming out of school with a liberal arts degree, I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to be doing. And I ended up working for a large commercial bank in New York, and I went through a training program. And that really opened my eyes up to the world of finance, investing, and business. And I was fortunate enough to be able to do so in a very global environment where I was literally traveling around the world to the bank's offices to look at their portfolios in different asset classes, in different business organizations, and in different countries. And it really piqued my interest to the global financial markets and the opportunities that really existed uh, were endless. And so from my perspective, it really, it was an exciting time to see all that there was and how I could use the skills I had learned in college in terms of strong writing, communication, analytical skills in a business setting. 
And so over the over time, your career journey took you to the Hartford. So you've left that traditional banking environment to come join HIMCO. Why? Why the Hartford and, and what really attracted you to our company? So interestingly enough, the reason I was looking at the Hartford initially was because of location. My family had relocated. I was no longer working in New York and I needed something in the Hartford area. And happily, the Hartford was looking for someone with an emerging markets background. So that was what brought me first in the door. But really what kept me here at the Hartford from the beginning when I was first speaking with people about a job opportunity, a career opportunity to where we are today is the people. You know, we don't work in New York City, but the people here are incredibly talented, incredibly passionate about what they do, challenging. And for me, that's what keeps me here every day. Um, You know, the people are just incredibly interesting to work with. And I learn something from that every day. And I'm one of those people that wants to come into work and have a new experience. and, And that's what I get here at the Hartford. So it's really the opportunity to grow and build your own understanding through those interactions as well as play a leadership role, it sounds like. Yes, I think you really described it very well. I do think that early on in my career here at the Hartford, I had had a period of time where I was not working. I was home having children, taking care of them. And to give that up to come back to work, I was really looking for an environment that was going to be challenging. And I quickly figured out that the people here were incredibly challenging and intellectually curious. And as my career has grown, the ability to work side by side with people like that, the ability to be a leader of people that have those passions um, was incredibly rewarding. I want to ask you a little bit about the break that you just mentioned. So in 2002, you left the corporate workforce to raise your children. How did you arrive at that decision? How did, and I'm really curious, how did that choice impact your overall development and your approach as a leader? The decision was actually pretty easy because at a certain point in time, I looked up and thought to myself, who do I want to be? I had been very fortunate in my career in banking where I had advanced at a fairly rapid pace. So I felt like I had achieved a lot. And as I thought about what else I wanted out of my life, developing and growing a family was the other key issue that I was focused on. And when I looked up and said, can I have a really great career and a really great family with all of the obligations that go with both of that, I was struggling to find someone that I could model myself after. And so effectively, I decided, I think I've achieved a lot in my career. Now I want to achieve more on a personal basis. So I did take time off. And coming back, coming to a place where I felt like I could have some balance was really important. And it became very clear to me that the Hartford was a place that was willing to be empathetic to people having more than just work in their life. And they were more flexible, I think, than many places were in in 2008. This was pre-pandemic, obviously, long before the pandemic and long before flexible work schedules were accepted. And the Hartford was willing to think a little bit differently. Not that I was looking for a lot of flexibility. It was basically, hey, two days a week, I won't get to that eight o'clock morning meeting. And that was fine because I was delivering the work that they needed in a way that they were never looking for it. So from that perspective, I do think, you know, that was one of the things that always made the Hartford a really appealing place for me to work because we were long before 
DEI was an acronym, this was an institution that really was living those values. That's fascinating. And I think a, a really great reinforcement of some of the things that we talk about when we describe the Hartford's DEI journey, because it's not something that is new to the way that we operate as a company. I completely agree with you. I often say to people, the Hartford has been practicing DEI long before, as I said, long before there was an acronym for it. Let's take a short break. When we return, more from Amy Stepnowski. Hey, Hartford employees, make sure to visit iConnect, where you'll find all the latest news on our business wins, well-being tips, benefit updates, upcoming company events, and so much more. But if you can't see it daily, be sure to read iConnect Week in Review every Friday morning. That's where you can get caught up on what you missed. We now return to the lead, the Hartford's Executive Podcast Series. Welcome back. We're talking with Amy Stepnowski, president of HIMCO. And so um, just turning to your experience as a parent and a professional, are there any life lessons that you've passed along to your children as they begin thinking about their own professional careers? Perhaps the most important thing is when you begin your career, you need to be doing something that you really love and that you're passionate about. You'll excel if that's the case. You'll wake up every day excited to go to work, whether it's into an office or into the next room where your computer is. And I think you want to be someone that's a lifelong learner. That's a phrase people have often heard me say, but the idea that you are passionate about the work that you do and that you're curious and excited about learning something new every day, I think that will keep you engaged and drive really terrific performance. So those are some of the things that I've tried to impress upon my children, young adults now, adults, as they think about their careers. And so let's talk about the role that you have now and talk a little bit about a day in the life for you. How do you spend your time and what makes for a great day at work? So the best part about the answer to that question is, which is why I like this job so much, is it's really, really challenging to tell you what a day in a life looks like on a regular basis because every day is so different. You have an agenda, obviously, lots of meetings are always scheduled, and you walk in and you see what's been going on overnight in financial markets, what's the news out, and that may cause you to think differently about what you're going to be doing. Today was a great example. I was in my eight o'clock macroeconomic meeting where we review what's been going on in macroeconomic data, and we were interrupted because a portfolio manager came in to say, hey, given where rates are, we're thinking about putting this trade on. What do you think? So that wasn't scheduled in the day, but it was certainly something that you could expect to happen given some of the volatility that we've been seeing. We just had a Federal Reserve meeting yesterday and, you know, thoughts have evolved around where rates are going to go. And so, great, you know, let's have that conversation, decide what we're going to do. As the day progresses, there'll be meetings with different sector teams to think about the portfolio and what their holdings look like and how they're evolving in the current macroeconomic environment. Then there'll be larger strategic discussions around asset allocation more generally for different portfolios. There'll be a dive into specific items that relate to the enterprise overall, whether it's a model validation process or a tax review. And then there's one-on-one -on -one meetings with my leaders and other employees throughout the organization to talk about 
what's going on in the work that they're doing tactically and strategically. So for me, it's really a great mix of being in the weeds on certain things and then taking it up at a higher level and thinking more strategically. And let's not forget the interaction with um, clients and the senior leaders of those organizations. So it's really a great mix for me. And it sounds like you could come in with, you know, a plan for your day and a to-do list, but if something happens in a financial market, that could all kind of get blown up and, and you're really responding in the moment. That is absolutely the case. And that's why it's great to work with people that have a like mindset on that, because you may be scheduled to have a meeting with someone and suddenly that meeting has to get pushed off because something's going on in markets that causes you to react to something and, and, and need to redirect your time. I always talk about Tina Williams, who works with me and helps keep me organized and on track. And she does a terrific job of being able to respond to that because for sure, my schedule is constantly evolving and I'll be sending her notes when I'm in a meeting with, with one group saying, all right, we need more time to talk about this. Please rearrange the schedule. And she works magic there. But, but that's one of the things that I like so much about this role. You don't know what you're going to have day in or day out, but it's always something challenging and interesting. And of course, you know, you also got a really important and visible role as the leader of your team. So I'm curious about the biggest aha that you've experienced as you've grown as a leader. Is there anything in particular that you've learned to do or maybe to not do as you've advanced in your career? As I have advanced in my career, one of the most important things that I've learned is to allow everyone to fulfill their maximum in their role. So I got some great advice when I moved into this role from my manager who reminded me that I was no longer going to be the head of public credit research and someone else was taking on that role. And I was moving into a new role. And so I needed to focus on what the new role required and be sure to give up the responsibilities of the previous role because it's very easy to want to continue to be influential in an area that you're most comfortable with. But the reality was someone else was moving into that role and allow them to grow and make it theirs. And so to the point around being comfortable with delegating responsibility and letting everyone maximize their capabilities in their role, I think the more senior you get and the more responsibility you have for oversight, that's a really important quality to have as a leader. That's one of the toughest things that that leaders can learn too. We get very good at something. We want to keep doing it. It feels comfortable. And uh, sometimes it's hard to let it go. I'm wondering, as you've grown in this area, has there been anybody in particular that you've looked to as um, an influencer or a mentor? And maybe can you talk a little bit about how they've impacted your development? I've had a lot of people throughout my career that have been influential and really have helped my development. I think the first person I might mention is the predecessor for this role, uh, Brian Johnson, who I think without me even realizing, he was incredibly influential in my development by exposing me to areas that I wasn't directly responsible for, but that he felt could help round out my skill set and provide me with experience for future roles. Another person, uh, a peer that I've worked with for quite a while, is a woman here at HIMCO, and um, she is actually getting ready to retire. I think many people know Tracy Eccles, and Tracy has a world of experience in portfolio management, 
and and career development. And I think, you know, she's definitely been someone who I have found to be incredibly influential in the way I think about things, has helped me in areas where perhaps I didn't have as deep of experience as I might have liked. And so from that perspective, you know, being able to have those sort of conversations with with someone that you consider to be a peer has been really incredible. And then finally, my manager in this role, I would also say has been very influential, giving me the space to figure things out on my own, um, but still there to respond to questions that I may have had, recognizing that this was a role that was clearly more expansive than anything that I've been in before. So giving me guidance around how to prioritize and, and things to think about and just being available for conversations when necessary, because obviously, as we all advance in our careers, become busier and busier, you have more people that report to you. Being available for those unscheduled conversations is, you know, really valuable. I, I love that. And I also think that you really touched on something that many people forget as part of their professional development, and that is the value of peer mentors who can really help expand your knowledge and give you different points of view in the way that you approach your own role. There's no doubt. I think that is one of the things about being at a place in an organization like Kimco, where I mentioned before that I find that people so passionate about what they do, so intellectually curious. Oftentimes, some of the best input that I get are from people that are not peers, but they are part of the organization and report up through to me. And and I think that's part of my leadership style is everyone, regardless of what level you are in an organization, has something to bring to the table and something that others can learn from. So from that perspective, you know, it's really important to make sure that you're interacting with everyone at different levels of the organization, because some of the best ideas are coming from people that, you know, may not be reporting directly into you. And I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention that as a leader, you have a reputation for being an excellent communicator. I'm curious, how how does that factor into the way that you approach your role? And is there anything in particular that you can point to that has helped you hone your communication skills? Well, I would be remiss as well if I didn't say members of your team have really helped me become a better communicator. There is no doubt about it. Being willing to listen and take advice around communication. Communication is a skill. There's no doubt about it. And as I've progressed in my career, listening is probably one of the most important things that I've learned will help me be a better communicator. Trying to take a lot of the noise and bring it down into one clear message I think is also really important for someone as you become a leader. Being able to communicate concisely and clearly is is incredibly important and and it does take practice. I love that that it is a skill and it can be learned, but you're right, it absolutely does take practice and definitely see that come through in in your style. Well, Amy Stefanowski, thank you so much for a fantastic discussion for sharing your professional journey and telling us more about HIMCO and your team. And thanks to everyone for listening. Until next time, I'm Paula Angelo. This has been The Lead, the Harford's executive podcast series. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'd be notified on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.